Jews is that we would not be just here of the word, but that we would, that we would apply the, the instruction that you would give us today, Father God, that, that we would be able to uh, bow over knee before you, Father God, and that for Jesus, that, that we would know that you are for us and not against us, Father God, that our life is not our own, that we were bought with a price, uh, and it's your blood, the blood of Jesus Christ, Father God. So, Lord God, have mercy on us, strengthen us during this year, Father God, that we will be able to accomplish your plan, your purpose for our life, to be the people of God, for the glory of God, through Jesus. So, we thank you, we give this time to you, and I pray, Lord Jesus, that you continue to strengthen my brother, God, as he's ready to uh, deliver the message that you already placed in his heart, Father God, with the strength. Uh, stamina for the God to deliver that message. So we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat>
This is
in my bones You're like a raging flood I can't control You're like a summer breeze blowing through the trees It's your nearness bringing me to my knees Without my heart My mind and strength I love you, Lord Until the end With all my heart My mind and strength I love you, Lord Until
with all my heart, my mind and strength. I love you, Lord, until the end. With all my heart, my mind and strength. I love you, Lord, until. Father, I thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father, for the greatest commandment to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our bodies, with all of our strength, God, with our whole being. God, we're not to just love you when we feel like it, when things are good, or be flipping about it, but no, God, that's something that you awakened within us, Lord, because you, Father, have pursued us, you have, Holy Spirit, drawn us to Christ and to the revelation of Christ, that God, you were pleased to reveal yourself to us through Jesus, that it's your loving kindness that brings us to repentance. Nothing of our works, it's nothing of our feelings. (laughs) But it's just the divine revelation that you are God. Mm -hmm. And that your love endures forever. Absolutely. And that we as sinful creatures, we as the created, we who have been in rebellion towards you, Father, have been humbled. Overwhelmed by your love for us. Overwhelmed by you purchasing us and adopting us and engrafting us into your kingdom, into your family, giving us the right to call you Abba call you Father. So you command us to love you with our very being. And we can do that not in and of ourselves, but because we've been born again. Because once you've been born again and you've tasted and seen, Father, that you are good. Mm. There's nothing in this temporal world. There's nothing in these temporal emotions and feelings that can even compare to such great love that has been bestowed upon us. That in return, we then will lavish our love upon you. That you would become our focal point, that we would fix our eyes on the author and the perfecter of our faith. Jesus. And only Jesus. 
thank you, Lord, for that reminder today. It's all for you. Everything about us, Lord, we're just a lavish love upon you. Because if we truly receive such great love, then how else then will we respond? And so, Father, I pray for those, God, who, Father, are not loving you with their very being, with all that they are. Oh, God, would you humble them? God, would you, Father, yet again reveal yourself to them through your Son, Jesus. And may you, Holy Spirit, ignite within them, Lord, a desire, Father, to be saved, Mm -hmm. to repent, to turn from self, and to turn to Jesus, and to receive this free gift of salvation, that they too would be made whole, complete, not lacking anything, and that they too would come, Father, to love you with their very being. It's all the work of Christ and Christ alone. And for that, Father, I praise you. Bless our time together, Lord. Bless the reading of your word this morning, Father. Thank you, God, just for this time to be able to gather and the opportunity to be entrusted, Father, with your living word. Holy Spirit, come. Begin to prepare our hearts to receive. And I do pray, God, our hearts to be of good soil. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 <sighs> so, you were bought. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. You were bought with a price. You're no longer your own. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. <clears throat> Scripture tells us, Verse 19 of chapter 6, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. For you were bought with, I'm sorry, for God bought you with a high price. So you must, you must, you must, it's not an option for Christians. It's an option for the religious. But for those who are truly saved, those who are in Christ, you must honor God with your body, with your whole being. This new life in which we are called to live is not one that we have produced within ourselves. It's not one that we would ever conjure up and want to live for ourselves. No, it's the work in which He's begun in us. God Almighty, we've heard this time and time and time and time again. But the question is, we have to ask ourselves, and this is just for us individually, as individuals, because we've heard it over and over and over and over. You have to ask yourself, are you really applying it? Do you know what that means? When you hear this, that you have been bought with a price. That God bought you. 
you do not belong to yourself. Church. We're not speaking to the lost. We're not speaking to the religious who makes it all about works. No, we're talking to the church, the bride of Christ, those who have been engrafted in. And so if you feel that you are numbered among the church, the body of Christ, are you remaining ignorant? What excuses do you make not to grow in Christ? Not to recognize that you've been called out? That you've been purposed? That you've been planned for? That God himself bought you. Have you, you've heard it for a week. I I preached on it for quite some time last week. (laughs) It's not a new concept. If you've read scripture, you've heard this before. But how has this challenged you this week? As you've gone through this week, have you reflected on it? What does it mean to your life that God bought you? And he paid a high price. He didn't pay you some coins or bills. No, he he paid for you through the blood of Jesus. Through the death of his son. And so as you've gone this week, how has that impacted your life? How has that shaped your thoughts? How has it kept your mouth shut? How did it keep you from going to where you ought not to have gone? Touch what you ought not to have touched. Drawn closer to him. My God, I just need to know you more and more. I don't want to remain ignorant. I don't want, I don't want to keep living as if you're not God. My God, you've been pleased to reveal yourself to me. You've given me the opportunity to hear your word. I've seen you move in my life time and time and time and time and time and time again. I don't want to continue to be flippant about you, making you common, making you like these lesser gods. I need to see you truly for who you are. You're God. And you bought me. You purchased me. I'm yours. I'm yours. I'm not living for myself. I'm yours. I've been paid for, ransomed, redeemed. Have you just sat in this understanding? How great is our God, this creator, this God? Who spoke and the earth was formed. His plan is in place. He's a great God. He's a loving God. He's not a bad rap. (laughs) But it's because people remain ignorant. As I shared with you before. When I came to Christ. No one had to force me or or beg me to come to church. Or to stay in church. (laughs) Or to be seated in church. (laughs) Or to pay attention in church. Or to bring my Bible to church. See, no one had to tell me. No one should have to tell you. 
Because if you're truly born again, if you truly have had an understanding of this God who is all love and compassion, who has purchased you, who has gave his son for you, that he's pleased to reveal himself to you through his son, the creator of the universe, the creator, there's no other God before him. He's the first and the last He's the beginning and there's he's God. What? Like it just humbles you, like, oh God. However, the point whenever he stepped into your life and he humbled you, and you're like, oh Jesus. I need you. Oh God, forgive me. And you received him. And you're born again of a new nature now. That new nature craves the things of God. And the institution and the God that I, for the majority of my life, and you, for the majority of your life before Christ, stayed away from, Now there's a longing. I need to know him more. I need to know him more. Even when the church's doors are being slammed in my face. Even when the church told me to get out. You're of the devil. Even when they didn't know what to do with me. I couldn't stay wounded. Poor me. I got a sad story. But no. Man and the institution of men didn't begin this work in me. God began it. It was sealed through Christ and the bride of Christ, the true church, not the institution, but the true church of Christ, the body of Christ. Oh, when you get around the body of Christ, there's a hunger. Uh, There's a thirst for righteousness. There's a lot of sheeps and wolves among the church. (laughs) But you start hanging out more and more with the sheep. You start recognizing the wolves. You just start seeking truth. You just start growing. I didn't know where to begin when I brought my first Bible to church. I didn't know what book was where and who did what and this and that. But I wanted to learn. I had my notebook. Who am I now? I don't know any other way to live. Are you hungering, you all, for the things of God? Have you truly been born again? You know, the flesh and the spirit, the Bible says, they are warring against each other. And it's a continual war until you take your last breath. And you think you're just going to be flippant about your Christianity? You're just going to be flippant about the delusion and the deception that is rising up upon the earth? Like, oh no. You've been bought. God bought you. A high price. 
you do not belong to yourself. And that's how you're living now. That's how you're getting up each and every single day before your feet hits the ground. My life is not my own. I know throughout the day, myself, my inner flesh, is going to try me. But I will remind it. I've been bought. I've been purchased. I don't belong to myself. And so you start learning the works of the flesh. You start learning like, oh, wow, really? Oh, I saw, I've seen, I've seen the patterns over my life. I see the old mindsets. I've seen the old desires. I see this. I see that. I see the encounters that I'm having with people. The people I, I, I feel drawn to, to hang with. But what's really coming from that? You know, I told you last week, I'm determining for 2024 life. <laughs> I just want to live life, you all. I'm tired of death. I'm tired of just hanging out with people in the hopes of just loving them to Jesus. <laughs> now listen, if they're recently saved, praise be to God, I will. <laughs> but the rest, ha <laughs> I'm done. You want to keep feasting all death? <laughs> Have at it. I don't want to anymore. That's tiring. That's tiring. Have life. Live to the fullness. Christ came to give us the life and life in the abundance. I told you last week, you better start rocking the boat. And unfortunately, you got to throw some people off the boat. There are assignments, there are plans that the enemy has for your life to steal, kill, and to destroy you. And you can't continue to go along with him. He didn't purchase you. He didn't, he, didn't, he didn't prepare you. He didn't plan you. He hates you. And by the moment that you took your first breath, his assignment was to destroy you because he knew the one who planned you. The one who has purchased you. The one who will reveal himself to you through his son Jesus. And why do you think Jesus, when he was on this earth and he would deal with the religious people, he would tell them, your father's the devil. But Jesus, those are your preachers. Those are God's men. Those are God's people of the hour. He was like, no, their father's the devil. Like, listen, you all. You can't make up all the stuff that's happening. The Bible says, how does he transform us? By changing the way we think. You've got to put new thoughts in. You've got to say, no, wait a minute. Like if you're truly loving God, if God truly has begun a work in you, and if he hasn't, if he hasn't then humble yourself because he's revealing himself to you now. <clears throat> Whenever you have an opportunity to hear the word of God, Whenever you have an opportunity to see the power of his work in creation. <laughs> He's revealing himself to you. I was driving to work the other day and I was telling you. I said, well, what is this? This is beautiful. The sunrise, the sunrise was just, man. I said, well, I'm going to pull off side of the road and just sit here and weep because, God, this is amazing. This is breathtaking. 
Like, what other God could do this? Like, oh, God, thank you that I'm just, just sensitive to your leading. And, God, I don't want to miss out on who you are. And, I mean, it was just so overwhelming. <laughs> it's like, God, yet again, you give us this new day. How are we going to receive it and honor you in it? I don't, know, I don't know how you're thinking. I don't know what you're doing. But if you're not loving him, if you're not living for him, if it's just, uh, if it's just religious, religion, like, you know, like, oh, I say my prayers, I, I listen to my worship, I sing my songs, I write my journal, I do my this and I do my that, and I've got this and I've got that and all the efforts, but yet your heart is not changed. Something's wrong. And you say, what, I'm supposed to be perfect? No, it's not about perfection, but it is about maturing. Are you as a Christian going to sin? Yes, but sin will not master you, and you will not feel comfortable with it. You will feel like, ugh, like, oh no, ah! That's the old me. <laughs> and you start getting serious with God. Thank you for your loving kindness that you're revealing that to me. How then now shall I live? How am I to take this captive thought, the thought captive? How, which way did you make a way out of that temptation that I chose not to take because I'd rather bite into it? Where did I find value in this? More than my love for you. See, are you asking yourself these questions? <laughs> like why? You know, ask yourself, why are you such a selfish person? That you think of only yourself and not of others. I challenged you last week. Some of you haven't given a dime for a whole year. Some of you haven't even done much in service. But yet you're quick to want. Do for me, do for me, pray for me, do for me. Oh, my poor life. And you say, oh, you're being flippant about it. No, I'm not. It's just the reality. You just want, 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 want. Want it's all my life and my family drama and my this and my that, and you haven't contributed nothing. And I'm supposed to stand up here, and the church is supposed to just come along and be like, Oh, that's okay. When you don't even see that here, you don't even see it here. Like I go, what on earth? Like something's wrong. Something's wrong. You don't belong to yourself. The Christian life, you're supposed to think of others before you think of yourself. This is how you're maturing. This is how you're growing. You're to be the most productive person other people know. How's that going for your life? How productive are you? Because if, if you're not, something's wrong. 
And why are we continuing to believe that everything is right? Because you said a little prayer and you pray a prayer. And you can worship and you can do this and you can do that and you do all this stuff. But in reality, there's been no heart change. No heart change. You're just bound to self, bound to your family dynamics, bound to this, bound to that. Thinking here, running him out here, talking about the pastor, talking about this, talking about that. <laughs> and yet you want to be numbered among those that God bought. <laughs> yet you want to be numbered among those who have been engrafted in. And Jesus himself tells us, like there's going to be those who stand before me. And they're going to say, but Lord, Lord, didn't we? <laughs> didn't I? And Jesus is going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. I never knew you. But we did things in your name, Jesus. I never knew you. I never knew you. See, there's a difference with believers with people who have been born again of the Spirit, you walk differently. You discern differently. You start living differently. You, re you recognize this earth is not your home. The temporalness of this life will never satisfy you. And so you stop pursuing the temporalness of this life. And you can live a transparent life. Okay, I'm being bombarded. I have these eternal... Desires. I got all this stuff going on in my life. I got these thought patterns. I got these strongholds. You know, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to the church. I'm gonna talk to people who I know God has placed in my life. Because first, ultimately, I'm looking to God, and then I'm gonna look at these relationships that God has given me to sustain me, to encourage me. To be reminded that he's giving me the weapons of my warfare to demolish these strongholds. But I hear these words, I just don't know what to do with them. So I don't have to stay hiding among people. No, I can just be real and say, listen, help me. Man, I praise God for my brothers, even my sisters in my beginning of my walk and even through my life now. That I can go to and just say, help me. Because we're doing it together. That's why he's given us the church. Not the institution. But the church. The bride of Christ. As we're to love Christ. As I said last week. We're to love the things that Christ loves. He loves his bride. And yet half of the people who say they're. In Christ of the bride. <laughs> Don't even know how to live. As the bride with the bride. They like to hang around the bride. <laughs> they like to know the things of Jesus. But their lamps aren't full. And they'll be quick to tell you. Give me some of your oil. <laughs> Get your own. So I love that parable. What well, isn't that bad at those other virgins they're not giving them don't wouldn't wouldn't you give them some oil you're, oh no they knew oh no oh no you go out and get your own <laughs> I'm ready 
And he came. Remember? The others came back. <laughs> that is in. That is in. I don't know you. I don't know you. I mean, it breaks my heart. Especially in the day and age in which we're living, you all. Like, I spiritually don't know why you would want to remain ignorant of the warfare that has taken place and how it's increasing and you think you're just going to roll out of bed and be a Christian. All-out war. It's intensifying. And I told you, this year, we're going to see things like we've never seen before. And it's just the seventh day of this year, and things are already crazy. Have you seen all the different reports that are out there? Have you seen what people are being believing and doing? Do you understand what's happening? <clears throat> and then, so then I would ask yourself, how much time then are you abiding in Christ? it should be constantly. <laughs> How long are you praying it should be without ceasing? <laughs> like, listen, we've got to get up, you all. We really, we can't, we can't make light of it anymore. God purchased you. You're not your own. There's no wiggle room. There's no wiggle room. Well, I don't believe all that. Well, that's fine. You don't have to. Go along with your false gods. Keep erecting them up in your homes. And in your lives. And in your offices. Just keep going along with everyone. Keep submitting yourself to these lesser gods. And don't be shocked, as the word of God says, he abandons you to them. But I said a prayer. Who cares? Well, I once, you know, who cares? Because we're supposed to love him with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our body, with all of our strength. And we're supposed to raise up the upcoming generation to know our God, to love our God. But what are we giving our children over to? What are we giving our grandchildren over to? What are we giving this upcoming generation over to? Mm. Well, you know, it's a new generation. Times change. What? You're, you're saying you're a Christian. What does that mean when a Christian says that? Will we just adapt to the culture? God doesn't change. Mm. <laughs> the culture changes. It gets more wicked and perverse. More wicked and perverse. And yet we're, we're expecting the church to get, get along, catch up with the culture. Oh no. 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 We don't catch up with the culture. No, we recognize, oh God, you prepared us for this hour, for this moment. You say in your word that we can remain upright among the wicked and perverse generation. We don't hate the culture. We're not cursing the culture. We're not running amok trying to make war with the culture. We recognize it. Because if God didn't purchase us, guess where we would be? Right there with them. 
And yet then we're supposed to come among the bride of Christ and just be, oh, it's okay. It's just, it's just the way you're bent. No. Stand straight up. Stop the foolishness. Stop the craziness and the crazy mindsets. Tear down those idols that you have allowed to be created by your own hands, by your own heart's desire, by your own warped minds and old insecurities and feelings and stop bowing down to what everyone else is erecting up. Some of you got to go home and do some house cleaning. Some of you just got to tell your friends, no, I'm sorry, I don't do that anymore. Oh, what does that mean? No, no, no. It's nothing of you. It's just of me. Like, I, I'm, you know, I'm changing. Like, I, I'm growing. I, I, I believe. And, you know, it's, 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 it's an open door to share the gospel. Oh, they're going to feel bad. Oh, they're going to... Okay. <laughs> Choose you this day. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to be able to say, hey, No. No, I'm sorry, I'm not going to partake of that anymore. Nope, I'm not going to do that anymore. No, I'm sorry. This is who I am now. I'm pursuing God. I know what he's done for my life. And I still love you, and I'll still serve you. As Christ gives me the strength to. But I'm not going to continue to be yoked unequally with you. I don't care who you are. Who you are. Like this upcoming generation needs to see the people of God living in the power of God. Transformed lives. Like what do you mean you're not swayed by all that? Listen, I remember what my mind, I can tell you. Like I'm sometimes I'm like, wow. And there's nothing that I would have chosen. Something that you would have chosen. But I'm telling you, when this really pierces your heart, and you're just like, God. Like I was meant for eternity. You know, I'm working through a, a situation now in my life, and over a loved one whom I love dearly and I know, God, I'm going to try not to break down, but there's such a warfare over their life because the enemy wants to destroy them. I said, God, I'm on my watch. I don't care if everyone else is celebrating and carrying on or pretending. I can't. Like, oh, God, nothing good is going to come from this. And the level of warfare that I've having to been done or having to do I don't know how you're warring. And I said last week, some of you can't war for loved ones because you're not even warring over your own life because you just keep giving yourself over. You just keep giving yourself over to the old mindsets, to the old selfishness. Got nothing producing in your life. I'm going to ask you this serious question. What is different about you today than yesterday or last year? You crossed into 2024. What's different about your life? 
about your mindset, about your habits, about how are you being productive? <laughs> or are you just caught up in a cycle? <laughs> and I don't say that to be mean, but that's just the reality. Because when, you, when it's revealed, you go, oh, God, what am I doing? And he, and he doesn't reveal it to us to crush us. No, he reveals it to us to pull us up out of it. I mean, serious. You can keep running from God. You can do whatever, whatever. That's your choice. But you can't blame him. There's nothing productive in your life. You just get up. You just go through your days. And, you know. But you haven't impacted anything. Not even worrying over your own life. You're expecting others to do it for you. Not even growing in your knowledge and in your understanding and the depth of wisdom and discernment. You're still finding the family members and getting caught up in their drama instead of standing and saying no more. Like I'm telling you all, it's getting darker I would rather be doing something else. You know what you know my thoughts were this morning when I woke up? <coughs> I'm going to the beach. I'll sit there and worship you. I'll see who wants to head over there with me because I don't want to be around anyone else. They can barely make it to church. Mm-hmm. And when they do, they're, not, they're up and down, left and right, here and there. There's no growth. I said, nope, devil, you're a liar. Mm-hmm. I'll stand up there if it's just me and two others. <laughs> I'll deliver the message that the Lord has placed in my heart. Because my Christian life is not about like me. Mm-hmm. Not about me. I want to get in the way of your foolishness and your folly. I want to love you enough because I care more about you. Eternities, y'all. I keep telling you that. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care about your temporalness, your insecurities, your weird mind. I don't care. I'd rather get in your face. I'd rather stand before you. I'd rather call it out. I'd rather it be said. I'd rather deal with it. Because your eternities mean more to me than your temporalness. We've got to wake up, you all. We've got to wake up. I told you about deception. When deception <laughs> increases, it'll only lead to one thing. Doubt. And as doubt increases in your own heart and in your own mind, it leads to the hardening of your heart. And you're not going to look to God once deception and doubt take hold. You're going to look elsewhere. You're going to look elsewhere. Well, if they would have just been more kind to me, if I just felt like I belong, I'm so... 
And I, I know this is going to hurt some people's feelings, but I'm so tired of hearing, hearing from church members, from the body of Christ, oh, I'm so lonely. <laughs> You're pathetic then. You say, Pastor, that's horrible. Oh, no, it's not horrible. That's just the reality. I'm sick of it. So lonely. Who has triggered suicidal thoughts? And as I'm not even making light of it, that's an oppressive spirit. <laughs> that's a demonic stronghold. And you're a child of God and you're running around, running amok, locking yourself up. Poor me, poor me. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm so lonely. I've got no one in my life. My poor life. What? Uh, just mind as well. Listen, you're talking to someone who wrestled with loneliness and isolation and suicidal thoughts. See, I'm not making fun of that. I lived it. But where freedom came in it is when I said, what? I'm a member of a family of the bride of Christ. I've been engrafted in. You had to start applying truth. My God says that he would never leave me nor forsake me. And you want me to believe that I'm alone? That I'm lonely? I don't have nobody. Nobody understands me. No, 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 no. To understand how we talk ourselves back into chains. <laughs> and whatever it is, maybe it's not loneliness. Maybe it's other stuff. Lust. Whatever. Anger. Backbiting. Gossiping. <laughs> You know, also, oh, the big thing is offense. Oh, she, he offended me. She offended me. Are you a Christian? <laughs> well, then get over it. Stop talking about the offense among other people, other so-called Christians that you feel comfortable with, and go to the person. Do what is right. Instead of acting like you're unsaved. Well, we're all Christians and we can just sit around and just talk about everybody and anybody and everything. I don't like the way they did this. I don't like the way she does that. I don't like the way he did that. I don't do this. I don't do that. I don't know. I don't like I got da, 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 da. And yet you've been bought. Yet your life is not your own. Yet you should be living a life to the glory of God. Because we're to be the people of God. Doing the will of God. For the glory of God. Go to Psalm 107. Listen. If you're brand new to your Christian life. I don't care if you put on the front for years. And you say, no, I really haven't been a Christian. <laughs> I've just been going along, but no, no, I'm giving my life to Christ. Well, then be discipled. Come, come, come hungry. Get your Bible. Get your notepad. Sign in on Wednesday nights. Sign in on Friday nights. Be a part. Start growing. This year is going to be different. This year is going to be different. I'm going to be honest with you all so everyone can hear me. 
I work just as much and hard as you do. I've got things going on in my life. There are times I'm physically and mentally exhausted. So the last thing I want to do when we gather, Sunday, Wednesdays, or Fridays, is to come in and see you humdrum, beat down, I'm exhausted, I'm so tired. Go home. Because you came in with your flesh. And you came not seeking for the things of God. You came just to make a spectacle of yourself. No, no, come hungry. And if you're not hungry, don't sit at the table. Find somewhere else to go. Sit somewhere else. I don't care if it's Sunday. I don't care if it's Wednesday. I don't care if it's Friday night. If you're not coming hungry, if you're not ready to receive, then go somewhere else. You say, but pastor, that's not nice. Let them come. Let them just sit. No, I'm tired of doing that. Because it brings the atmosphere down. And we don't have time anymore. I'm telling you, we can't keep doing church the way we've done church. We don't have time anymore. Listen, I'm achy. I have physical conditions. I've got things going on in my life. I get it. I get it. But come on. We're not coming for each other. We're coming for God. We're hungry, God. Speak, God. Like right now, in this moment, He's present. Like God, move among us. Holy Spirit, convict, equip, empower us. Change us. Transform us. I want to put everything else aside. Yes, I, I'm, I'm this, and I've got this, and I've got that, and I've got this, and I have this schedule, and that schedule, and all that. But God, when I step in, <laughs> God, I'm just, I'm here. I, God, I just, I just, oh, Jesus, speak. Speak. I'm among my family. Speak, God. Let us encourage and edify and build each other up, God. How can I serve? How can I give? God, I kind of get beyond myself and start living this out so that when I'm out there, I'm no different. I'm still seeking you. I want to be attentive to that around me. How do you want to use me, God? Who can I speak with? Who can I encourage this day? Like, listen, I'm telling you, so Psalm 107 is kind of where I've been parked. So I want to open up today. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. Do you know how awesome our God is? If you're truly in Christ, if you're, if you're not in Christ, come to Christ. Understand how great He is. How great his love is. Like I'm telling you all. He loves you. He wants to lavish his love upon us. He wants to pull you up out of the murk and the mire and the yuck and the just junk of life. Out of that old nature. He wants to clean you up and set you upon the rock which is Christ. And then he wants to point at you. And say. 
come on. Like, where'd it be? His, like that song said, his burning ones. Yeah. Like, we know the value and the worth. Like, we're not cheap anymore. You know, that's what the enemy does to us. He cheapens us. He tosses us to the side. He treats us like whores. Mm. Prostitutes. Like nothing. You got no value. He runs as a muck. Not God. And yet, in and of ourselves, we wouldn't pursue God. We'd rather stay yoked to the very one who's destroying us. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. Has the Lord redeemed you? They speak out. Yes. <laughs> Tell others he has redeemed you from your enemies. For he has gathered the exiles from many lands, from east and west, from north to south. Some wandered in wilderness, <laughs> lost and homeless, hungry and thirsty. They nearly died. Lord, help. They cried in their trouble. And guess what? You should know this next line without even reading it. And he rescued them from their distress. He led them straight to safety, to a city where they could live. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. For he satisfies the thirsty, and fills the hungry with good things. This is our God, you all. Some sat in darkness and deepest gloom, imprisoned in iron chains and misery. They rebelled against the words of God, scorning the counsel of the Most High. That is why he broke them with harder labor. They fell and no one was there to help them. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble. And he saved them from their distress. He led them from the darkness and deepest gloom. He snapped their chains. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. For he broke down their prison gates of bronze. He cut apart their bars of iron. Some were fools. They rebelled and suffered for their sins. They couldn't stand the thought of food. And they were knocking on death's doors. Or death's door. Lord help. They cried in their trouble. Ah, and then, look, and he saved them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them, snatching them from the door of death. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. Let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and sing joyfully about his glorious acts. Some went off to sea in ships, applying the trade routes of the world. They too observed the Lord's power in action, his impressive works on the deepest seas. He spoke and the winds rose, stirring up the waves. 
Their ships were tossed to the heavens and plunged again to the depths. The sailors cringed in terror. They reeled and staggered like drunkards and were at their wit's end. Lord, help! They cried in their trouble. And he saved them from their distress. He calmed the storm to a whisper and stilled the waves. What a blessing was that stillness as he brought them safely into harbor. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. Let them exalt him publicly before the congregation, before the leaders of the nation. He changes rivers into deserts and springs of water into dry, thirsty land. He turns the fruitful land into salty wastelands because of the wickedness of those who live there. But he also turns deserts into pools of water, the dry land into springs of water. He brings the hungry to settle there and, and to build their cities. They sow their fields, plant their vineyards, and harvest their bumper crops. How he has blessed them. They raise large families there, and their herds of livestock increase. When they decrease in number and become impoverished, impoverished, there, through oppression, trouble, and sorrow, the Lord pours contempt on their princesses, causing them to wander into trackless wastelands. But he rescues the poor from trouble and increases their families like flocks of sheep. The godly will see these things and be glad, while the wicked are struck silent. Those who are wise will take, oh my God, those who are wise will take all this to heart. They will see in our history the faithful love of the Lord. How'd you get up this morning? How did you prepare your heart to come? To be in his presence. God. Not every day, not every hour are you going to be, you know, oh, everything's, you know, the majority of your season of your life, you're going to be in that valley. Life is going to be slam up against you. <laughs> the enemy's going to be screaming in your face. Your thoughts and your actions, everything in you is going to be that. Ah! The world system is going to try everything. But greater is he that is in you. That's why you get up. Like, no. I, the little bit of strength that I have. That's what you say to yourself. I will praise my God. I will be reminded of his goodness. If I've got to crawl, if I've got to whatever, I'm getting what God has for me. I'm not pretending like everything's great. Everything, oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Everything's good. Uh, I've got a word from God. No. And I'm, not, and I'm not expecting that of you. When we come together, I want you to come raw, real, transparent. First before God, and then before others. But understand that we're coming for God. Understand His great love. Understand what He is able to do and will do. <laughs> understand that each of us are facing our own challenges going through our own turmoil. <clears throat> the enemy's breathing down our backs. 
But I choose not to look behind and see his vast army. I choose to look up and see that those who are with me are far greater than that which is behind me. And if God parted the sea once, he'll do it again. He will take care of those enemies pursuing me. I don't know how you talk to you. I keep telling you all to be your best, you ought to be the best preacher you hear. Especially when you're going through intense times. I don't make light of those times. But what are you doing to honor God in the midst of it? You want to be strengthened? You want to grow up? You want to mature? Well, then stand up. No matter how feeble you may feel, or how weak, or whatever's going on, stand up. And say, God, you said you would prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And I'm going to sit at that table and have the enemy rage in war already all he wants. I don't care what the report is. I don't care what's happening. What I do know and what I will hold on to Could you imagine if you lived that way among, among everyone that you know? They know you're going through stuff, but yet they see, well, well why don't you, you know, oh, because God is, you know, God's got me. I'm not pretending that everything's okay because it's not. No, I'm going through. But this is one thing I would not do. I'm not, I would not allow what I'm going through to be that which I serve. I won't. And as I'm going through it, I want to be able to share with you how great my God. And you may have people like Job's friends. You know, or his wife. Just curse God. Where's your God now? Why hasn't he lifted that up off again? It's been years. Because he's not done with me yet then. I'm maturing, I'm growing. I ask him not to take it from me until I'm done growing and maturing. He knows the plans that he has for me. And if this allows me to bring glory to him, then so be it. It'll be used for his purpose. See, I don't know how we're doing and how we're living. But we're to be the people of God, you all, behind enemy lines. We're the people of God behind enemy lines. So there's a way in which we're called to live. Not this weird Christianese, this weird way people do it. Just the reality is it's just who you are. You should be living productive lives. You should be out there making a difference. Honoring God. I mean, did you hear this? It didn't say they cried out to God, Lord, help me. And he was like, yeah, no. No. No, right, quick, he's there. That's your God. Oh, you can, you can play him all you want, and you think you can get away with it. That's a whole different story. Oh, God, help me. He, he comes. Oh, God, help me. And he comes. But after a while, there you go. Because in the end, in the end when you stand before him, oh, how foolish you're going to feel. Like, oh, every time I called you, you came. But, oh, God... It didn't mean really nothing to me. It meant everything to you. 
because your nature is love. <laughs> but my nature has never been born again, so my nature has always remained in rebellion towards you. And then he's a just God to turn you over to what you want for eternity. For eternity. For eternity. And for eternity, maybe you'll cry out, Lord, help me! just reward. So that's what I'm here to encourage you all this year. So well, this isn't really encouraging. Well, then, you know what? There's many other places you can go. Get your ears tickled and itched. But we got to wake up, you all. we got to wake up. So we're going to take communion. And as you prepare to take communion, oh, how I pray before as the song and these words are being sung over us, that you just allow the Holy Spirit to do what the Holy Spirit has been given to us to do. That God in us, He's our teacher, He's our comforter, He's our guide. You have active sin in your life? Then deal with it now. Get right with God. Jesus says to do this in remembrance of me. Now you're about to take the bread and the cup, which signifies his body and his blood. Symbols that remind you that God purchased you. And you're about to take it and do it in remembrance of him. Oh, I would warn you, as he warns us, careful about taking it. And in the moment feeling but then getting up and putting God back in the box and I'll live my own life now. Listen, we got to stop playing, you all. Again, it's not, it's not about perfectionism. It's just truly about living a life empowered by the one who has defeated sin and death. The same power that rose Jesus from the dead is in me, is in you. <clears throat> That's whom we've been given. So how these words to encourage us as Norma passes this out.
Lord, we ask you this morning, Lord Jesus, that we will truly live a life that honor you. Yes, Lord. In everything that we do and say, Lord Jesus. Father, forgive us. Forgive us when we don't do what we need to do or we don't say what we have to say. God, forgive us. Father, I know that you have given me conviction this morning one more time. And I'm asking you, Lord, with all my heart, forgive me. And I know that each of us probably has something in our life and our heart that we would have been holding on. Lord, we give it to you. At least I give it to you, Father God, this morning. And I don't want to pick it up ever again. Because you bought me. I not belong to myself. Of the things of the world, the enemy of my flesh, my own desire. I belong to Jesus Christ, the one that paid the price for us. Lord Jesus, this year, I believe that 2020 is a, like a little baby to what is coming in this year, Father. But only you know. So, Lord, have your way in us, through us, Father God. And forgive us, Holy Spirit. And forgive us, Lord Jesus. Forgive us, Father. And help us to live the life that you call us to live. Empowered by you. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Help us to forgive when we have to forgive. Help us to help when we have to help. Help us to give when we need to give. Help us to be the people of God, doing the will of God, for the glory of God, Lord Jesus. That you can look from heaven and say, those are my people. Those are my chosen generation. Those are the ones that I'm going to use. So, Lord, have your way in us and through us, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name. Take the bread. And then Carrie, could you pray over the cup? Jesus, you stood before your disciples hours before you would die mm -hmm. for the sins of the world. Yes. You said, do this in remembrance of me because you knew them. And in the same breath, you know us. Mm -hmm. You knew our nature, that we would forget, that we would need a reminder, that there would be periods that we would deny that we knew you. Yes. And you said, so do this so that you'll remember. Yes. Hold this in your hand. Take it so you won't forget what I'm about to do for you. And you prayed for them. And you prayed for us in John 17. And you told us that you weren't going to take us out of this world. But you were going to leave us in this world and you were going to give us everything that we needed. And in those times where we would rather just leave this world. And you said, not yet. But do this and remember. So today we remember. In Jesus' name. Amen. Take the cup. Amen. Amen. Walt with the price. Go to Galatians chapter 5. <clears throat> Next week we'll pick back up in our scriptures.
I would encourage you, if you didn't hear last week's message, that you would go and you would listen to it. Oh, it's so long, Rob. We'll break it up in parts. You can pause it, stop it, pause it, stop it, pause it, stop it. Most of you are in the car, driving to places, so get the word in you. Hear the word. Be encouraged, you all. And this is what it's about. You say, but it doesn't feel good. No, but it's about encouraging us. Again, do you understand the level of warfare? <laughs> from this realm in which you cannot see, from this world system and from the very nature that's within you of your old self, if you're in Christ. But we must remember that greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world, and we can live. The Christian life can be lived. Remember the Word of God says He's given us everything we need to live a godly life. We're not, He hasn't neglected us. He's given us everything we need. We just have to apply it. We got to live this out. We just can't again be in a people who have a form and then deny the power to transform us. Because again, those are the people we are called to have nothing to do with. And say, not having to do with with the people in the world. Have nothing to do with one who calls himself a believer and yet only holds a form and denies the power of God to transform them. Your life, again, it's not about striving for perfection. I gotta be good. I gotta be, I gotta. No, come as you are. Just don't remain. Amen. You're tired. You're this, you're that. Fine, but your mindset is Christ. Each and every single day, Christ, Jesus. Holy Spirit, you've been given to me. Jesus says he has to go away so that this Holy Spirit can come. He's my teacher. He's my comforter. He's my guide. <laughs> He equips me. He empowers me to live this new life out. Because in and of myself, I can't. That's why God made a way. <laughs> We're born again of the Spirit of God. Yes. <clears throat> we receive the Spirit of God. God Himself within us. And we're set out and we're set apart to be the sons and the daughters. Of God. While we're on this earth. And then for all eternity. We're living differently you all. And it's a process. It's a growth. So come be transparent. Come and open up. Come. But come hungry. Christ in me. For the glory of God. For the glory of God. And so when we go to Galatians chapter 5. As we ponder. As we meditate. As we think upon. Being purchased by God. That our lives are no longer our own. Here's some scripture to encourage you. To live in this understanding and in the newness of life. So, Paul addresses the church in Galatia. 
And he says to them, as it was for them, so it is for us. So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free. And don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. Christ has set us free. Now make sure you stay free. Again, we still have issues. There's still things being worked in and through us. Yes, as a Christian, you will sin. But your nature ought not to be a sinner. Your nature is a child of God. And like in 1 John, when he writes, he says, I write to you so that you will not sin, but if you do, remember. You have an intercessor, the great intercessor. Jesus, you all. Like, this is what should be encouraging us. So don't, I like what he says here, don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. Now he's going to specifically write about circumcision. But that could be anything, any religious work. When you make it about you doing and doing and doing and doing and pretending and pretending and pretending and pretending and doing and doing and pretending and pretending. Well, I don't touch that. I don't eat that. I worship on this day. I do it this way. I bow to this. I light a candle for that. I do this. I chong, chong, chong my, my beads and all this other stuff. And we go back to the law. Or we go back to these religious works. Because when we do that, understand that's demonic teachings. Those are teachings of demons. You say, well, I don't believe that. How could you not? Because once you put anything above Christ to make you right with God, that's demonic. That's demonic. If we still needed to do all of that, Christ wouldn't have come. But Christ came, and he came not to do away with it, but he came to fulfill it. And that's where your mindset has to change. That's why I'm challenging y'all this year. I'm challenging y'all this year. Grow up. Have your minds renewed. In Christ. I know what it's like to have a freaking crazy mind. But I can tell you, I know what it's like to have the peace of God. And to truly believe when the word of God says, I have the mind of Christ. And it didn't come easy. You talk about the warfare to get over years of just junk and bondage. But if God says it, then I want to believe it. Yeah. I don't care what I had to have gone through or give every day and fight through because I know my battle was his and wasn't mine. But I knew that he was my deliverer. He was my rear guard. He's the one that goes before me. So I don't know how you're talking. I don't know how you're getting up. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> but that truth alone, verse 1 of chapter 5, so Christ has truly set us free. But Paul, we also have our struggles. Good God Almighty. Sometimes if you just listen to what you say to give you 
the right to keep living for self. Like, I'm free. Like, I remember that. Like, what? I'm free. I don't feel free. I still got all this junk. I still got this. I got that. <laughs> but do you know what you do to the hold of the enemy? Do you know what do you do with the, with the persuasion of the world system? Do you know what happens when your flesh is rising up? When you stand up and say, Christ has truly set me free. Yes. <sighs> it reeks back. Wait, what? Then you remind yourself, okay, old man, you're nailed to his cross. Come at me with all you got, but I'm going to come back at you with his blood. Because God purchased me. And I'm to be living a life now as if I nailed my old man, the old self, to his cross. Not to my works. You got to be better. You got to do better. You got to be a better Christian. You got to pray you got to fast. you got to do all this works. Works, 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 works. Oh, I've been there. I've been trapped there. Don't get trapped, you all. Don't get hoodwinkled. When you hear about all these other religions, what they do, oh, we do it this way, we do it that way, don't you? Interest and all this and all this. You're just like, what? Isn't it all Jesus? <laughs> you understand his celebration you can have? Just worship him. Like what? Listen, I, Paul, he goes on, verse 2, tell you this. If you are counting on circumcision to make you right with God, then Christ will be of no benefit to you. I'll say it again. If you are trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, you must obey every regulation of the whole law of Moses. For if you are trying to make yourself right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. Good God. And we just want to go along with these religious people, you all. Well, they love Christ too. No, they don't. Well, come on, they talk about Jesus. No, 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 they don't know Jesus. The Jesus they're talking about is one with the little J. It's a false god. It's a little god who parades around like Jesus. See, we got to stop playing games. That's why people in the churches there are saying ignorant. Because isn't just everyone saved? Well, they go into their buildings. They, they do the worship. They love Jesus. Who? No, they're cut off from Jesus. They're cut off from Christ. Well, I don't want to believe that. Well, then, okay, then I, you know, it's not up to me. Did you just hear this? And there's a lot of religious institution under the guise of Christianity or Christ's teaching. That's nothing but temples of hell. Enslaving people to religious works. And I'm supposed to consider them a brother and sister in Christ? Well, God, you can't be that, you know. you got to ease up, Rob. Billions of people are going to hell. They're being deceived. Is it really hurting anything? Is it really hurting anything? If they don't want to eat this, if they don't want to touch that, if they don't want to wear this, if they want to worship on this day, 
if they want to believe in purgatory, if they want to light the candles to the statues, if they want to do this and do that, is it really hurting anything? Yeah, they're cut off from Christ, and they're leading others astray from Christ. Well, I don't believe it. Okay, well, for if you are trying to make yourself right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. You have fallen away from God's grace. Not as bad as he's making it be. Do y'all care about people's souls? Do y'all care about people's eternities? And we all do when we're standing near the coffin. All of a sudden, oh, 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 they're in heaven. Okay. I, I, I just, I, I just, it's maddening. If you want to believe all that, then rip out that page of the Bible. Just black out that. No, 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 Paul, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what you're talking about, Paul. Ease up, brother. Did that not pierce you? Like when I was meditating, when I sat there, and, and I've read, God, I love chapter five. I just love Galatians. For if you are trying to make yourself right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. Exclamation point. Does your Bible have an exclamation point? Exclamation point. Boom! Wow. You have fallen away from God's grace. Because you're basically saying... This free gift of salvation, the power to transform you, the grace of God through the life of Christ, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, God purchasing you. No, no, it wasn't enough. I must do this. And we must make avenues to God and not through Christ solely. So let's erect some saints and some statues. Let's burn some candles. Let's keep this day. Let's not touch this. Let's not do this. Then you all will be right with God. See, everyone's right with God. And here's your little Jesus. What? What? But oh, my favorite word, but. <laughs> Verse three. Five, I mean. But you who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive by faith the righteousness God has promised to us. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. Oh, it does it all. It all comes back to love. You were running the race so well. Who has held you back from following the truth? He's talking to the church. People who came to Christ, believed upon Christ, 
But the enemy has infiltrated and the enemy has begun to distort the truth, wrapping people back up in chains and bondage to religious works. Who has held you back from following the truth? It certainly isn't God, for He is the one who called you to freedom. This false teaching is like a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough. I am trusting the Lord to keep you from believing false teachings. God will judge that person, whoever he is, who has has been confusing you. Dear brothers and sisters, if I were still preaching that you must be circumcised as some say I do, why am I still being persecuted? If I were no longer preaching salvation through the cross of Christ, no one would be offended. You see what brings offense? You just talking about the cross of Christ. It's all you need. It leads to the resurrected Christ. To the ascended Christ. It leads to the understanding that from that we receive the Holy Spirit. We are born again. Because of Christ and all that Christ accomplished. Not what I can accomplish. By doing good. I just wish that those troublemakers. Who want to mutilate you by circumcision. Would mutilate themselves. (laughs) For you have been called to live in freedom. My brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom. You want to highlight something today? Highlight this. (laughs) For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. So then how should you live? Instead, use your freedom to serve one another, O Lord, in love. (laughs) For the whole law (laughs) can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Be aware of destroying one another. So I say that the Holy Spirit, who? The Holy Spirit, guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. You have a problem with sin in your life, an ongoing besetting sin? then understand this area in your life that you have not given to God and you have not allowed the Holy Spirit to bring correction and conviction because you keep resisting Him. Because somehow it's more valuable to you. It feels good. I like it. It doesn't really hurt anyone. And yet it's destroying you. It's destroying lives. The sinful nature wants to do evil. That's what your old nature wants you all. Which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. As the spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the spirit, you're not under the obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. 
Sexual morality, impurity, lustful desires, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, divisions, envy, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. So let me tell you again. Remember, he's talking to the church. He's not calling out what we just read up to the world. He's speaking to the church. Let me be very clear to you. what the sinful nature brings forth. And then he says, let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But everyone's going to heaven. Come on, let's sing Kumbaya. Let's just all go in together. No, no. There is a standard in the church, you all, and it's God's standard. It's not man's standard. And we're not trying to maintain the standard in and of ourselves by doing the whole works. Works is a fruit of your salvation. That's why we've heard for over a year last year to work hard. Work to prove, the Bible says, work to prove you're counted among the saved. So works do, works do come forth from salvation but you're not working for salvation. You're saved. Now you're growing and you're maturing in this. Paul's very clear to the church. Those who live like this are not inheriting the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those, oh my goodness, here we go. Here's the scripture I was just saying earlier. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. There's a way in which we're called to live, you all. There's a way which we're called to live. There's a confidence that we can have, not in and of ourselves, but in what Christ has accomplished. You see, the message in which you have now is Christ, crucified, resurrected, ascended, like, understand what you ought to be sharing. Who have you talked to this week about Christ? Well, don't lay that on me. That's just too heavy. I don't want that to become a law. It's not about that becoming a law. That's just who you are. Well, I'm not theologically, you know, equipped. Yes, you are. What has God done for you? What has God done for you? Share it. Testify to it. And then let your life back it up by the way you live. By honoring the one whom you say you love with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with your whole being. Chapter 6, we're only going to read through verse 10. Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back on the right path. Mm -hmm. 
Not just go along with it. You know, not just kind of like, okay, it is what it is. That's just, that's just them. No, no, no. Correct them. And then be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself, you're not that important. Pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done. And you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else, for we are each responsible for our own conduct. Those who are taught the word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing all good things with them. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only, by, only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. It doesn't matter how many times you prayed the prayer or how many times you've been dipped in water. Or what Bible reading you do or gratitude journal you fill out. It don't matter. If you're just living for yourself, have your religious works. Come to nothing. You're cut off from Christ. Because all of that can only bring about decay and death. But, here's the good news. Those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let us get rid, I'm sorry, so let us not get tired of doing what is good. Nothing ever seems to change in my life. I've got a dark cloud over me. I'm a Christian, but my life just sucks. And these are the words coming from our mouth. Because it's what's in our heart. I told you, we read the scripture already last week. We know you by your fruit. <laughs> You're not fooling anyone. We see it, but ultimately, he sees it. He sees it. Do not get tired of doing what is good. Remember what I was saying earlier? Persevere, keep going, keep moving, keep maturing, keep growing. Because <laughs> at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially those in the family of faith. I'm going to close in Ephesians chapter 2. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 2. Ay, ay, ay. <clears throat> Verses 1 through 10. As I bring this to a close today, I'm telling you all this year, this year, come on, we got to get up. We got to press in. We got to know our God. We got to celebrate our God, you all. We got to live for our God. I don't want scraps. I just don't want just, God, please, no. No. To be different, not perfect. I put so much on me. I'm not ever going to go to church again. <laughs> oh my God. What kind of crazy talk? Yeah. Go along then with the devil. Oh, listen, you got to get up. 
You got to start pushing back. Not in your own strength, but by God himself in you. Like, go read in Hebrews chapter 11, the hall of faith. Go read people's beautiful testimonies in scripture and outside of scripture where they had to endure. They held on to the promises of God. Some of them never saw the fruition, fruition of it, the, the coming to pass of it, but they believed. In their day and age, in their generation, when everything else was screaming out for self, self, give it to me. They were like, no. They wouldn't bow down to other idols. God has a people in every generation, in every hour, in every moment of time that belong to him. They will not be counted among the damned. They will not continue to go their way. They will not continue just to seek out for preachers to motivate them. Mm. Tell me my life is best now. Mm. Good God. The earth is shaking. But believer, take heart. Mm. The kingdom which you have been engrafted in cannot be shaken. So get up every day with that confidence. Mm. The earth is preparing for its antichrist. But believer, take heart. Your Christ is coming for you. So much craziness going on. You can't make up the stuff any longer. Demons. Doctrines of demons. The supernatural things are taking place all throughout the earth. Creation is doing its own thing too. Reacting to the signs of the time. <laughs> Unless we forget what Romans tells us about creation. It too is longing to have the curse of the law lifted up off of it. Yes. I'm sorry y'all, but God, come on. And we can barely get to church. We can barely sit among the family. Uh, in my life, I've got this I've got to do. Like, Christ isn't your priority. That, 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 that just be the, the truth. Well, I've got this, I've got that, I've got this going on, you don't know, I've got all these problems. Christ is not your priority. And somehow, we're just supposed to lull you to sleep. No. There's a way in which we're called to live. Because we can be made alive with Christ. Ephesians 2, verse 1 through 10. Once you were dead. Who? You. Why was I dead? Because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to. Who? You. Live in sin. Just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the, in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclination of our sinful nature. By our very nature, 
We were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. Here's our favorite word for 2024. But God is so rich in his mercy. And he loved us so much that even though, come on you all, we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God, remember what I said earlier? So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we, who, we, those who have been born again, are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew. Anew. In Christ Jesus. Come on. Listen to this last line. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. He prepared you. He formed you in the secret places. He numbered the hairs on your head. He knew the hour in which you would be born. And the generation in which you would be living. To be the light this darkened world needs. Not in and of your own strength, but through Christ. Because you have now been, if you're in Christ, you now are created anew in Christ. So that we can do good things. See, that's how we're supposed to be living, you all. I'm going to close this with this last song of worship. And then I'll close this in prayer.